Hello there, and welcome as Fantastic Geek talks about the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello there, Matt. Hello there, listeners. Not hello to you, General Grievous. Here to talk to you today about Obi-Wan Kenobi coming to Disney+. Plus. Matt, they backed up just the slightest on us, uh, but not... For good reason, we've gone from uh, Wednesday, May 25th, which is a Star Wars day of sorts. Um, The anniversary, of course, of the original uh, episode four. Um, And now the premiere is going to be over Disney Plus on uh, Friday, May 27th. We're going to get the first two episodes, though. So essentially feature-ish length of this super limited six episode show. I can't wait to be watching with everybody and uh, absolutely interested in talking about it with everybody. Pete, do you remember a long time ago, maybe still in this galaxy? uh, Do you remember all the way back to to 2018 when Obi-Wan, a Star Wars story, was a movie for the movie theaters? Um, because that is, of course, the genesis of this uh, series, not just in terms of its production history, but looking at some of the writing credits, uh, which I don't know if you want to dive into now or a little bit later, but it appears that the bones of that story are our starting off point of the series. And um, at least when it comes to writing credit, that's that, that's a major element in how the series ends. And it's kind of the stuff in the middle that they figured out since then. Well, listen... If, you know, that's going to be portentous, you need to do nothing more than look at the Mandalorian and what is believed to have been the remnants of the Boba Fett uh, movie. And did they reposition some things and, you know, went about it a little bit differently. Uh, and, and here we are. Um, so I'm fine with that. Um I think that Ewan McGregor returning to the character tells you everything you need to know about the confidence in this. Um, yes, he's over 50 years old. Uh, he's, he's not the leading man draw. He once was, uh, this is the character worldwide. He's the most associated with, and you look at, this super diverse and interesting cast that I'm so wildly fascinated to see how it comes all together. Um, And I think this is going to be something that is going to be super special. It is. And I think the best news possible about this series from this perspective, which is to say, We don't know a lot of the ins and outs of where the story is going to go and so forth. But the best possible news is um, they were willing to press pause on it in a big, big way um, when they were not happy with the scripts. Now, coincidentally, Pete, when when the show was put on indefinite hold, 
was winter 2020. So you might say, oh, COVID? No, no, no. It was January 2020 when uh, that big red button got pushed um, by Kathleen Kennedy, in part because it seemed that uh, the notion of a character that looks really familiar, like Obi-Wan Kenobi or maybe somebody in Mandalorian armor, protecting a young legacy-ish character from threats kind of sounded similar to the Mandalorian. Uh, so just the notion that they had the they had the knowledge in themselves, the, the trust in themselves as Lucasfilm to say, things are not where we want to go here. We're going to press pause. I would then say, Pete, the fact that then everybody took a real big pause in the late winter of 2020 um, and all of that, then, then just kind of hammered home. There's extra time here. Um, and Pete, to return to the writing here, to help out with the middle, um, among other people, and I was uh, surprised to discover this uh, just before we started podcasting, Pete, they brought in Andrew Stanton, the two-time Oscar-winning director of uh, Finding Nemo and Wally, who himself has been nominated for writing Oscars four times. That's one of the people who helped fix the problems with this series before they even started to film. So, Pete, it reminds me of one of my favorite sayings that you have, which in this case is what? Can you use the force to read my mind? What's being demonstrated here about the value of waiting? I'll, I'll adapt it a little bit here. Uh, no blue milk before it's time. Indeed, indeed. Um, and we've all heard these stories of, you know, in the world of Hollywood in general, you know, just bang it out there. It's a sequel. I don't know. Find some movie magic. Go, go, go. And the fact that they stopped, stopped, stopped. Um, to me, that only adds to the excitement here. Let alone, we have a show where Pete, I don't know exactly the role that Camille Nanjiani will play or Simone Kessel, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. in it as well. All these kind of smaller parts um, in a show, of course, fronted by the the unequaled Ewan McGregor. Um, great to get uh, Joel Edgerton and Bonnie uh, P.S. back as uh, Owen and Baru. Um, I still am not exactly sure, Pete, how we're going to get Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. Like, what does that look like? Is it all dreams? Is there the showdown before the New Hope showdown? I don't know, but I'm ready for it. Well, a couple things on uh, Hayden Christensen. Uh, 41 years young as of uh, yesterday. Um, the news that he um, went and watched all of the Clone Wars prior to doing this. So being up to date on that, there's heavy rumors that we're going to see them uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin in their Clone Wars outfits with the armor and that they're going to do some flashback stuff there. Um, and you have to wonder if uh, Rosario Dawson might show up for that. Uh, Hayden Christensen, of course, is going to be on the Ahsoka show as well. Um, but this whole production in the hands of somebody with that Mandalorian cred with Deborah Chow, um, who is directing all of it. And I think, you know, and now that we've seen footage just a little, but en enough to see what they're doing. And 
yes, Matt, you'll never believe it. There are people that are upset that live action characters don't look like animated characters, but we'll, we'll get to that Tempest in a teapot in a moment. Um, the teaser is tone perfect. It really is. It, it reminds us of the need for this show, which is not a need that I think was obvious, which is to say, Pete, it does what the best advertising does, which it, you know, you get done with that two or two and a half minute teaser there. And you say, I do desperately need this show. What you've made me watch star Wars shows about people who I didn't know. How about one of the characters I've known for the entire star Wars journey in, uh, in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Of course I need this show. Um, the way they use the music is perfect. Just the, the whole thing. I mean, frankly, even down to, you know, I'm still not entirely clear, uh, nor do I think we are necessarily supposed to be clear, but I'm not entirely clear. Like, so Obi-Wan hung out in his hut, like, I don't know, 20 miles from the moisture farm and just kind of like hung out for 20 years. Okay. How is that a show? And just this, this notion of like, okay, we get it. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're out. The inquisitors are out hunting for former Jedi okay we didn't have that knowledge back in you know d during a new hope um so we need to just kind of remind ourselves of some of the newer material which is earlier in the timeline and just just things of that sort where it's like he's the man just trying to trying to still live the quiet life by himself but you know is it two farms over that way where someone needs help and he says well i can't walk away like it's those sorts of things you say i'm starting to understand how this can be 300 minutes of star wars story over over five weeks um it's helping me understand that this this is more than just it's the guy who i like from those movies and they played some john williams so lightsaber and john williams is back to do some of the score which you know again that we would think he's done and they use the music in the trailer. Okay. It's a trailer, but to reprise those two themes, you know, duel of the fates from episode one and battle of the heroes from, uh, episode three. Uh, but this whole idea of using the inquisitor characters that came from star Wars rebels to really kind of inform the show. And I love the way that the teaser sets this up that they track and eliminate the Jedi because they can't help themselves because of the compassion that they show people and that they exploit that. And, you know, whether it's uh, Rupert Friend's Grand Inquisitor, who seems to be the one doing the narration, okay, we get a look at uh, the fifth brother, um, who's the, the big, bulky inquisitor there okay and then the one i think people are gonna go nuts for is the inquisitor reva played by moses ingram who seems to get the the most uh time in the teaser um this is you know not even the vader stuff yet and you know not to spoil people but you know you're not gonna get hayden christensen and not have darth vader appear in fact, the reason they did the first two episodes dropping together, they're going to show them uh, the night before at um, Star Wars Celebration. 
And uh, it's believed that halfway through the series, it really changes when uh, somebody we all expect to, to show up does. By the way, Pete, on the topic of the fifth brother, many people in the world are familiar with some of the Hollywood work of actor Sung Kang. Uh, if you enjoy the fifth brother, Pete, I have some car movies for you. You'll never guess what happens to him. Then it kind of gets undone. Then it happens to him again. It kind of gets undone. He, Pete, this is this this is a, this is an actor who plays lucky characters, is what I'm trying to say. But it, it was interesting to hear you talk about um, this this change in story after the after the second episode. Again, I won't go episode by episode, writing credit by writing credit here. But it it is interesting to note again that the the movie upon which this show was based or the movie script um story by Stuart Beatty and Hosini Amini um and that's kind of again the starting point for the first episode um and the starting point for the last episode although that includes uh Andrew Stanton's involvement towards the end and then the middle is a bunch of a bunch of other people that uh, Joby Harold Hannah Friedman um and uh, and Andrew Stanton by and large who appear to have helped create the middle of this story so again to me that's not any cause to raise concerns here um honestly pete there are some really great movies out there that have a you know uh just a spaghetti bowl of writing credits you know three six eight writers like whatever it takes to make a story work and even more so in television where you know Maybe that fifth episode by Joby Harold and Andrew Stanton, maybe that's the most special one for reasons that we will understand. It's going to be this great self-contained thing or this great arc within the episode, whatever it might be. But I'll add to Pete, I think that there's some real value to Star Wars having this ability to kind of go back and forth a little bit from legacy to new and back again. Now, I, of course, I know the most recent Star Wars TV show uh, was Book of Boba Fett, a legacy character, I would argue a legacy character used in new ways. So the fact that we get, the fact that we get to look forward to, you know, Pete, I don't think there's going to be the musical episode. I don't think there's going to be the episode where Obi-Wan gets space sick and, you know, uh, murders a bunch of people in a bar or something like that. Like, I'm expecting a certain Obi-Wan Kenobi, and that's going to be a familiar constant as other things are new. I'm really curious to see how they're going to have a rematch between uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader. Um, you know, we have this gray area and we've always just assumed and where the story lay fallow that, all right, he went into the desert and then he got old and he comes out and he helps Luke. Um, it's not just Luke he's helping in this series. Uh, and if you dig deep enough and you think a little bit about it, there'll be obvious reason for him to leave Tatooine. Um, they've teased the, the one planet that we see as kind of a Hong Kong, uh, you know, set in Star Wars. Um, even looks like the little birds there associated with Ahsoka from uh, Clone Wars and Rebels kind of pop out of a, a chimney uh, towards the end of the teaser. But, you know, 
it was super interesting. They they dropped this, and then later that day, Matt, they drop another teaser for a, a show we're also doing, uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, to the point where they kind of made that seem a little meh by comparison. <laughs> it is very bizarre that it seems somehow um, some of the thinking folks at Disney, whether it's marketing or at the streamer end or, you know, whoever is contributing to these decisions involving marketing and release. Um, and, and the little engine that sometimes can't get out of its own way in Paramount plus that they're kind of weirdly on the same, uh, the same wavelength. I think back to last summer when what if, and, uh, lower decks were on basically at the exact same time. And here we are again with Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, a legacy character of a certain hue going on adventures that we kind of knew were out there, but never heard much about before, uh, which is kind of like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is fronted by a legacy character of a certain hue who always existed at that point in the timeline, but now is going on adventures that we never quite glimpsed before. Um, it, it, Pete, it's a good time to be living in our multiverse of content. I know that much. Yeah, and obviously there's a bigger scope and scale when you're, you're talking about star Wars and, you know, to think that an O'Shea Jackson jr. That ice Cube's son is going to be in this series. And like, what does that look like? Or Kamal Nanjani, you know, and, and how does he come and go in the story on top of having Ewan McGregor and Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Pace back as, you know, the the Lars family. Uh, so yeah, this, I cannot wait. (laughs) We've, we've had a blast with moon Knight, and that's been a heck of a ride. Um, we have the end of Picard. Okay. And the beginning of strange new worlds. And then we have this, and I still can't believe they're going to overlap this with Ms. Marvel. Um, our cup runneth over right now, Matt. I suspect that probably speaks to Ms. Marvel um, being thought of by Disney Plus or, again, whomever in that ecosphere. Um, It being thought of as maybe almost an e-ticket ride, but not fully the e-ticket ride. Maybe it's because of the age of the character or, 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 you know, which is to say how long the character's been around or the actual, like, in-universe age of the character and whatnot. All I know is this, Pete, for them to have moved the two episodes, uh, or, or rather to have moved the one episode, the premiere episode uh, from the Wednesday to the Friday, and then to combine it with the second one, in my opinion, they are clearly going for the Memorial Day weekend. This is the movie that you have to see, if you will. Um, it also, I think, is an interesting point. Uh, Pete, is there anything else going on in the world of streaming shows uh, for that weekend? It's going to be the Disney Plus Netflix battle of this age. Stranger Things season four, part one hits that weekend as well. Um, I'm going to wake up that Friday morning if I haven't seen the first two episodes beforehand of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm going to mainline those. And then I'll get to the Stranger Things, which don't get me wrong, I I really enjoy. Um, but again, 
an Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series, two of these episodes, like I, I need to know what happens. Um, and look, if, if Obi-Wan Kenobi got moved in order to have a little bit of a corporate dust up, um, we are all winners here, regardless of the order that, that you or anyone else is going to watch the notion that there's going to be that Friday, there's going to be six episodes of stranger things and two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, this is the best of times when it comes to content. Um, and Pete, I know I speak for you when I say we are absolutely rabidly looking forward to podcasting, uh, to podcasting this show, to podcasting it on Star Wars Saturdays. I think once we are born out of the the uh, the Death Star two exploding around the the Millennium Falcon sort of flame uh, of the earlier part of May, where we'll have Moon Knight, Picard, Stranger Worlds, and Doctor Strange all within forty eight hours of each other. The ability to watch two episodes of Kenobi on the Friday and then podcast it at some point before the end of the day, the next day. Um, I think we could do it. I think our listeners who, who want to have watched before they share uh, share info and whatnot, they can do it. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be just a ton of fun digging into, as I said before, kind of the familiar part of this show and then the brand new part. Yeah, and all of this is made possible by our patrons, Matt. Uh, you know, yes, we we get up and we do this stuff regardless, but it makes it a whole heck of a lot easier to have our bills paid to know that, you know, we can do whatever with the bandwidth in a month like June, which is going to test <laughs> whatever new threshold uh, three podcast episodes a week of fresh content between Strange New Worlds, Kenobi, and uh, Ms. Marvel. And all of that starts at uh, patreon.com slash fantasticgeek. Yes, and lots of different levels at which someone can help support the podcast. And I'll never forget, Pete, when somebody had said, you know, they had they had joined as a, as a patron and said, you know, Hey, I've uh, I've joined at such and such an amount. I'm sorry, it's not more. And it was, you know, it, truly every bit counts. Frankly, that's that's part of the the value of Patreon that you can contribute. You can put the value that it means to you. You can also put the value that you're able to do. Um, and it, it all really really helps out. Uh, Pete, it's a bunch of people sitting around the uh, the. Um, the, the the Jedi room of contemplation there you know th th there's not one or two or five chairs there's as many chairs as as there need be so our continued appreciation to everyone who supports us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek can't contribute and completely understand the way uh, the economy is going right now but you could do us a solid just as much without having to part with any money get over to Apple podcast especially for uh, this Obi-Wan Kenobi feed, but for any of our feeds, leave us a rating in seconds, leave us a review in a little while longer. And all of that helps us be in the wash as far as the algorithm is concerned and uh, in front of more people. Absolutely. And Pete, let's keep the Star Wars conversation going. How can people be in touch with you on Twitter? You'll find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-12,400. -E 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 12,479 followers. Can't be wrong. 
And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word, like it today. On our pop culture podcast feed, the adventure continues this upcoming weekend. Uh, episodes of Moon Knight and Star Trek Picard. If you're here just for Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, we'll be back certainly uh, mid-May to preview the series. Got a, got a whole bunch of things to podcast before that. Wish it could be sooner, but we certainly will be giving a proper final preview to the series before we uh, dive on in that last weekend in May for uh, for weekly podcast episodes. For now, though, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. So long there. <laughs>